Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey guys, welcome back to the Green Industry Podcast. On this show, we talk about how to build a profitable and successful lawn care and landscaping business. On today's episode, we're going to dive deep into how to set some goals for our life, how to set a vision and actually accomplish it. We're going to hear a clip from my friends, Brian and Liz Fullerton that shared their inspiring story of how they put their goals on a vision board back in 2018 and how what they actually put on their vision board is actually real life reality in 2020. That's right. It was a dream, a goal that was up on the wall that they would look at. And then they started making these decisions. They started paying off their debt. They started earning money and and saving it towards a future property and home. And they, they started getting all this traction, all this momentum day after day, week after week. And then here it is. They're sitting in their family room crying. Literally, I'm sitting there drinking Timmy Horton's coffee, watching them cry, tell the story that it's actually happened. What they were seeing like this far-fetched dream back in 2018 with their consistency and their laser focus. It's a reality now in 2020. So it inspired me to go out and get a vision board and shout out to uh, Brittany Almond because when I got back from my summer road tour, I actually hadn't purchased my vision board yet. And uh, Brittany listened to the podcast with Brian and Liz talk about getting the vision board. And then she messaged me. She's like, you got your vision board, right, Paul? And I didn't uh, yet to that at that point. So I actually went to target that day and I got it. I printed out a bunch of words and, um, pictures and things that represent the goals that I have set for my future. And it's hanging up in my office. I look at it every single day and it really keeps me focused. It really keeps me looking forward to the future. And I have a realistic path of how I want to get to where I want to go. And so I think today's episode will be very uh, big picture, inspiring, and uh, hopefully it will spark something in you and inspire you to get a vision board, to get some goals written down and to really establish a a blueprint, a path, a plan of how we're going to get to where we want to go. The Green Industry Podcast returns in just a moment. Remember to support our sponsors who bring you the Green Industry Podcast. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to learn how to become a professional hardscaper. It has courses there, a retaining wall installation course and a paver installation course, teaching you how to build a complete project that can take your company to another level that is profitable and worthwhile. Hey guys, Paul with a cool story from Jason in Boney Lake, Washington, as he recently purchased my rate increase letter. And here's the story he shares. Hey Paul, I used your rate raising letter to raise the rate of one of my clients. Her yard is taken a full hour all season every time I go there. She initially canceled, but only missed one service before calling me back to restart services. It went from a money sucking yard to a money making yard 
thank you for the letter. Well, Jason, thanks for sharing your testimony. And guys, if you want to raise the rates on your customers, you should check out my rate increase letter. It's a plug and play. It's only $20. Put your information in, email it to your customers, let them know you're raising your rates and why it's been very successful in my business for Jason up there in Washington and many others who have been using it. So check today's show notes. Marty will put the link there, get that rate increase letter and raise those rates. Okay, quick question. The internet, that's the one with email, right? Yes. Got it? I'm on it. Get in touch with Paul. Comment on the show. Suggest topics. Ask questions. Speak your mind. Greenindustrypodcast at gmail.com. You know, she's like, oh my God. And you know, uh, that's mom, right? Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. And then two seconds later, Liz, I look at Liz. Liz starts crying. Uh, I'm so excited about us too. <laughs> and then it's because they start crying, I start crying. Like, oh. You look you're about to start crying right now. <laughs> I, it's just, it's just so funny because like when I don't know if you guys ever listen to this but it's like you're just trying and trying and trying and hustling and hustling and hustling and it just seems like nothing's ever happening like for years oh we need another mower oh we need another trimmer I mean I remember talking to you. We, we re-upped on my Laser ZX and my uh, stand-on aerator. It was mm-hmm. like 21 grand. We got fleet. And you're like, this was like the, like three years ago. This was fresh. Yeah. And you're like, we're, we're buying more equipment. I thought we were going to be able to buy a home. I thought we were going to be able to buy like a nice car. Like we want a Volvo or a Tesla. She's like, I thought, I, you know, and I'm here like trying to be the hero for my wife. And I'm like, yo, stick with me, babe. I'll make all your dreams and goals come true. It's actually really funny because in the kitchen, we have a like vision board that we look at every single day. It has photos that represent dreams. Sometimes they're tangible, like physical items. And then other times they're just like more representation of what we're trying to do. And we also have like our goal card that we read every single day. And if you look at that board, there's actually a sandwich baggie with a bunch of ripped up paper in it. This is actually a really important part. Yeah. (laughs) And what that is, is... Did you see that, Paul, on the board? Yeah, I was wondering. Tell me. I'm on edge of my seat. That was actually... Because in our old apartment, we didn't really have, when we first moved in, the money to even buy like a physical like board to put our dreams on. So we used our refrigerator with like magnets and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. And I I think it was probably around then, maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. Probably about three years ago. Um, you know, we were buying more equipment, figured out we had to renew. It was when we, our lease came up for renewal at our old place. And I wanted out of there so badly. Like it was just, it's a gross place. We couldn't have anybody over. I mean, frosting at the seams. Friends of ours were having their second kids. And it's really hard as a lady, like, okay, my, all my friends that have houses and kids and like, one day I'll get there. I'm going to be 40 by the time that happened. You know, like it's, it was hard. And I actually ripped up all of, we had a fight. We had a huge fight. A big fight. I ripped up all of the dreams on our refrigerator and laid on my kitchen floor and just sobbed because I just wanted out of that place so badly. And I knew it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to take longer than what we wanted. And it was really, really hard. And Brian came in and he just held my hand and he's like, look, we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be okay this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm tangibly doing. These are the steps. That's one thing that I think a lot of husbands don't get. Um, if you're listening and your wife's not on board with your dreams is if you don't involve her in the business, you don't show her tangible steps that you're taking and get her on board and involved in how, whatever capacity that she wants to get in on the dream with, it's very hard to believe. It doesn't seem tangible. So he sat there and he held my hand and I stopped crying. And we talked about all of the steps that we were taking to get us to where we wanted to go. And it be, that's when I got really on board and super excited. Cause then I felt like I could tangibly do something to help him further like our journey and our dreams. Like I was on the boat with him. We got both oars going, right? And we took a sandwich baggie and we put all of those ripped up dreams and we no, put them- No, you, you went to bed <laughs> and you were mad and upset and yeah. you cried yourself to sleep. And I went back into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Stop crying. 
<laughs> I'm like crying right now. I was like, I went back in the kitchen and I see, so we had, it wasn't just a piece of paper, you know, it said uh, the Fullerton family house 2020. Mm-hmm. And this is like 2017 or 2018, probably 2018. 2020 seems <clears> so <throat> far away. Yeah. It was like two years out. I'm like, we're going to build this badass home. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And I'm just like, I know. Cause I was working so hard, Paul. Like I knew that like I already was laying the foundation, right. For this skyscraper. Like I'm like between the lawn care company and the media company, we're not heroes. We're just regular normal people, but you can do quite a bit with a couple hundred grand a year. And I said, like, I'm going to build this thing. And you just, I was painting the vision every single day, but like you saw it, but you just weren't believing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm working so hard. Like I already see it. Like, I'm like, I, I'm already bought this home. Like this is a done deal. Like da, 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 da. And, and I remember coming around the kitchen and literally in this crappy old wooded cabinets, tw- you know, 14 year old carpet, like just the mystery stains all the over. You got, if you guys want to listen to this and you got the carpet with so the mystery, gross. you would like vacuum or do like the, uh, the, the, the um, carpet cleaning mm-hmm. and the mystery stain would come back in about 12 yeah. hours. Like that kind of mystery stain. That's, You're like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure somebody like was an ax murderer in here yeah. before. Cause they just came back up and, I literally remember walking around into the kitchen because we had like this horseshoe thing. And I just, I saw like all these pieces of paper on the floor. And that was like, it was a, a home that we wanted back then. Like mm-hmm. this beautiful home on this ranch uh, or on this land, like exactly what we're going to build right now. Right. It just, it just like, I get chills kind of like talking about it. And I just saw all these little pieces of paper. So I picked them all up. I put them in a little bag and I, and I put a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> he put them back on the refrigerator in the sandwich baggie. So when I walked out and saw that, I think I had like another small little breakdown, yeah. but it was kind of like the breakdown we needed to like get on the same page because after that you involved me way more in the business. Yeah. Like you let me like contribute basically. Cause it, it was hard. Cause I came around, you had already owned the business for what? Seven uh, years? No, no, met? like 10, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The business is, uh, this is technically our 15th season. Um, so it was one of those things where I'm like, it's working. Like we're putting money in the bank that like I saw, we had on our whiteboard, um, uh, before one side of it was all of our dreams and goals. But the other side was I had this whole, um, like just like square box. I took little tiny black electrical tape on my whiteboard and I made this like, uh, just like a, like it looks like a sales board, like at a, at a sales company, you know? And I had like, uh, bank of America visa, you know, one Oh five a month, $4,000 balance, uh, 7.9% APR. Uh, so I, I learned from Robert Kiyosaki, like how to get it uh, out of debt, how to organize my finances. And then underneath it was, you know, infinity G 37, my, my sedan, um, we owed like $7,500, uh, uh, you know, three Oh five a month payment, uh, 34 months left, uh, you know, 3.9% interest. So I had all these bills and every month I would update the board. So I'm like, I'm like, Hey, here's the balance. Like, you know, it's like all these balances were going down by, you know, uh, whatever they were per month. And I'm like, look it, by, by you see it tapering, you know? So I said by 36 months, this is done 24 months. This is done 18 months. This is done. Cause what we did is I told Liz my, I had my Brian's all maintenance 2.0 setup that a lot of people saw like that red F one fifty in my old utility trailer. And I said, look, we have to re up everything. I was mm-hmm. like, we have to buy a new truck, a new mower, a new trailer. It was like all at the same time. Too. It was all. So I'm like, I'm like, I got to drop literally a hundred grand on new stuff uh, and we'll pay it off in 36 months. And she's like, I don't want to buy more stuff. I want a home. I want kids. I go, if we get the home and the kids, we'll always make 50 grand a year from this business. I said, but if I drop a hundred grand, I'll make 200 grand with this thing. We can grow 200 in the next like 24 months. So we can, we can grow this business. So I wanted to reinvest. You wanted the, the upfront material things. And by the way, like, I don't say like you deserved it, but like, dude, you deserved it. Like I was like already spinning this dream for three, four years. Yeah. And then what happened was 
short story long, we paid off all the debt. Uh, it took a little while to get there. Uh, but once we were able to do that, I was like, yo, now we're cash flow positive. And that was about, eight, like I said, 18 to 24 months ago. So again, if you guys are ever listening to this story and you hear people say like, live below your means and pay off all your debt and pay off all your bad debt, keep reinvesting maybe into good debt, like, um, which we don't have very much good debt either. You know, we're, mm-hmm. so we, we were just those people. I was like, I don't want to, here's something I kept saying, like, I don't want to buy like a luxury handbag and be broke. That was like one of the big things. Actually, when we were getting out of debt, like I really love handbags. I've always loved handbags. handbags and if you have a wife, you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> and shoes. I love shoes. Um, but when we were just, when we decided like we were going to re-up in the business, we were going to reinvest and then eventually get out of debt. We couldn't do everything at the same time. So that was like a five-year like process almost we were thinking. It happened a lot quicker once we got going. But um, I decided that I would sell all of my handbags. I bought one tote bag that I knew would last me for a few years. And mm-hmm. I, I refused I refuse to buy another bag because I hate, I didn't want to be that person getting, I drove this little beat up Jetta at the time. And here I am with my luxury handbag. We're in debt and I'm getting out of a Jetta and pulling up into my really crappy apartment. Like I wanted to do it and working a job. I wanted to do it right. And like, because that's what you see around here. All your friends that have Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah. And if you like Louis Vuitton bags, like in nice things, we like nice things. I, mm-hmm. I have no problem. I work hard. I want to play hard. Uh, but I, I told Liz, I'm like, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to have a Louis Vuitton bag yeah. um, or, you know, uh, some, some, you know, Escalade that's got a $1,200 a month payment. But you're in debt up to your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And we did. We listened to uh, the Dave Ramseys and the, the Robert Kiyosaki's and the Grant Cardone's. And we, we made our own philosophy on how we wanted to approach our finances. Uh, so we, we, you know, had this, uh, this hybrid, uh, plan. It wasn't this like massive, like strategic plan. I was like, look, I got to bring more in, pay a bunch off. I said, I can't pay a bunch off unless I bring a gob more in. So the attitude was we're going to reinvest everything thing we can to make a gob of a gob. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to pay off debt because it'll be the easiest thing to do because I have so much coming in. And then that's when it started to get really cool. Cause you would come home at the end of the day and be like, okay, we can cross another one off of the whiteboard. And I mean, this whiteboard was bigger than our TV. It's actually in our office. If you want to see it, it's massive. Yeah. And it's all the one our, on my wall right there. Yeah. I all of all our it. debts were, you know, written on there and he would tell me, you know, okay, well change this one to this number and we're completely cross this one off. Cause that one's done. And we would, leave it up there. So slowly you saw this like bar graph of like things getting like blacked out as we went. And well, that was, what did I do? I gave you the marker. Yeah. I said, Hey, why don't you go take this blue marker? I said, go cross off this one. And you like, you would cry. I would cry. That's what we do. We cry. Apparently we just cry. <laughs> we just cry <laughs> That's the secret. Just cry your way to wealth. You know, <laughs> I think half the time we were so tired and like emotionally, like over just drawn on all of our energy yeah. tap outs. And so I think we just <laughs> cried a lot. That's how there, there was a period about 18 months ago, uh, probably about two years ago where I gave you the blue marker and I said, Hey, you see that bank of America credit card? She's like, yeah. I said, Hey, why don't you go take this marker and go cross that off? And she mm-hmm. goes, you think I go, it's done. And I would like pull up my phone. It says like payment submitted 3817. Cause I had a $4,000 line of credit and I had that for like two years. And that was all like business debt. It was just like, I'm like, I maxed out credit cards, lines of credits. I, I had 20 grand that I put down on the truck. I was just trying to grow, you know, I was just trying to grow and, and we could service the debt. So I was, it wasn't the issue, but we wanted to get out of debt before we had kids Wanted to get out of debt before we built the home. And so then like, it was maybe two, three, four or five months later. I'm like, Hey, you see that, um, you know, Sheffield financial, everybody listening in, man, we all know, <laughs> we all know that Sheffield, right? Gotcha. Got the synchrony in the, in the Sheffield. <clears throat> I, I, I swear to God, I was married to Sheffield more than I was married to my wife. If you know what I'm saying? Uh, cause she was getting more of my money. So I go, Hey Liz, I go see Sheffield financial. Um, I think that was for the trailer. 
Uh, the trailer was like 99.77. I think it was like 10 grand. And uh, I had paid off like, you know, two years of payments. It was like a four year note. But after two years, I'd only made, only made like $1,800 progress. So it was like 6,700 bucks. And uh, I go, hey, why don't you go up to the, the I gave her the marker and she goes, what's this? I said, hey, why don't you go walk up to the, to the board Sheffield Financial. I opened up my phone, a little mobile payment, 67.50 paid paid off. And it's like, thank you so much. And then like the next email it says like, thank you so much for your like your business and this loan. Like your loan has been recognized as fulfilled. Thank you for the partnership. Uh, if you ever need any more options, you know, call or email us. We'd love to service you. Uh, or serve you. And Liz goes, oh, she's <laughs> crying and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. So what was happening was the $130 month servicing on the, on the credit card, I was able to snowball that into the trailer. And, and by the way, like gobs, like we're making five tens, mm-hmm. five tens. Everything we had other than bills, like went into paying it off. We ate the rice and beans. And we, were, we, we, were, and we were still living below our means. Cause yeah. we, we started getting the, the, the lawn care business to 12, 15, 18 a month coming in. And then my YouTube channel started making a couple bucks, which we never really lived on or touched. No. But so, so that's been just stacking up. We haven't touched it for four years. And we've only really been making money with our YouTube channel for like the last 12 months. But then again, like the snowball thing started happening, right? So we got rid of the visa. We got rid of the, the trailer. We got rid of another credit card. Then it was like the 20 grand note. And I probably had like seven, eight grand left on it. Cause this was two years into the 42 months. And it was like $503 a Who month. Was this O2? Uh, that was, I think, Synchrony. Okay. So Sheffield was the trailer, if I'm not mistaken. Synchrony was the mower and the aerator. Okay. Because uh, 18 months prior, I bought the new mower and the sand-on aerator. So people are like, oh, like he gets hooked up with Xmark. He gets all this stuff for free. I go, well, one, nothing's free because I got to do a lot of content for these people. And it is a form of advertising. So it's a partnership. So nothing's free. I got to make these videos. And it, it does take a lot of work and skill. Um, and it, we are extremely blessed and thankful for those partnerships. But the first stuff I bought, I mean, yeah, I, I dropped 21 grand on this stand on aerator and mower. And, uh, it was $503 a month. And I'm like, man, we're paying more for mowers than we are for our rent. Like mm-hmm. if you guys have ever been there, like we have these conversations. I think a lot of people like, because we are so positive in general, like we just, we like to be that positive influence in people's lives. I never want to bring negative and bring other people down because we know what it's freaking like when you're yeah. home sitting cr- crying on your kitchen floor. Cause you can't get out of your crappy apartment. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is watch somebody complaining about long care life on YouTube. So we try to be overly positive, but that doesn't mean that we haven't been through it too. Like we've oh, had yeah. some really low points, but you've said it for years now, like the only people that get hurt on the roller coaster are the people who jump off. And if you just yeah. stay and you know, stick it out, like it does pay off. Well, and then, and that's so great. Cause I mean, that, that basically was our story for about this 24 month window at that old apartment, paying off debt, growing the business, paying off debt, growing the business. We wouldn't pay off debt until we were growing the business first. And after I couldn't figure out how to grow the business even more or anymore, then we started paying off that. Yeah. So my attitude was I'm going to make this six figure cash flowing machine uh, the YouTube channel, I'm going to, I am going to build the biggest long care YouTube because I had people doubting, uh, and I've told this on some of my uh, episodes, uh, I had people doubting that you could even grow a YouTube channel or a long care channel. Who wants to watch that? I had companies making fun of me. Oh, that's stupid. Like, I'm like, no, dude, like, the, like we're making a difference. We're changing people's lives. Whether we're t- teaching about route density or reviewing the new echo blower, or we're teaching people how to, you know, value themselves so they can say no to customers who try to lowball them. 
right? Like all these different topics and they're, and they're helping because we listen to all of you guys that are listening to the podcast. You're like, no, this is helpful stuff. And we, we, we get nowadays you get kind of numb to it because there's so much content and we just take it for granted. It's just so matter of fact, of course, Paul's going to drop an episode Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or I'm going to drop a podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Of course, Stanley Dirt Monkey is going to have three videos this week, but, but people like we, we can't get too um, accustomed to that. We always got to stay appreciative and humble and thankful because I know what it takes to create this content. And I don't, I don't take it for granted for a second that Paul Jameson puts out podcasts because Paul Jameson is the most intelligent, brightest person I know. Well, thank you to Brian and Liz for the vulnerability and the authenticity to share that story. It really sparks a hunger in me to set some goals and to get that laser focus. I love what Dave Ramsey says about having baby steps. I actually heard him talk live when he was here in Atlanta several years ago, and he explained it like this. If you have this huge, big, hairy goal, and you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to you know, tackle this monster, then you're not going to really get much um, track towards a goal. However, if you have a baby step that I'm just going to do this one thing in his financial situation, he was sharing. It's like my first baby step is I'm going to save a thousand dollars and you give all your might, you give all your focus, you give all your energy to scraping together a thousand dollars. You're going to get it done. Whether you have a garage sale, sell something or just work overtime, you can save a thousand dollars. If you just focus with all your energy, all your might on that one baby step, then you accomplish it. Then you build this momentum. You gain all this uh, energy towards the next goal. And then then you work on that one by just focusing on one thing at a time. And so that's uh, kind of what I'm learning in life is I've had the tendency, as I've shared many times on the podcast, I bite off more than I can chew. And then I don't really get uh, traction on anything. I just kind of dabble in here, dabble in there, starting this project, putting up pause on that and doing this and then getting distracted with that. And then you, you never really really get anywhere. You're just kind of chasing the wind. However, when you're like Brian and Liz and you write it down very detailed, I think Brian had the interest rate written down on his debt, the balance of the debt, what the name of the debt was. And he had, I mean, there was, it was very clear and we're going to punch this thing until it's gone. We're going to keep, as he said, putting gobs of gobs of money at this debt until we pay off Sheffield finance or whoever it is in your case. And then you, you, you lock in on that goal. And so for me, it was a spiritual experience, uh, putting together my vision board. And again, thanks to Brittany Allman for really encouraging me in person. When I was with Caleb and Brittany, they encouraged me to set some goals because I privately shared some things I wanted to accomplish in my life with them. And Brittany's like, you got to write it down. You got to write it down. You got to write it down. And not knowing that, you know, three days later, I'd be in Brian and Liz's family room as they're crying, sharing their story. And they're talking about writing down your goals on a vision board. And uh, you think I would have went out to target that day and bought my vision board, but actually took me a couple weeks. You know, I came back to Atlanta and Brittany Allman had uh, messaged me. Have you got your vision board yet, Paul, just to keep me accountable. And uh, long story short, I didn't have it (laughs) when she messaged me. So I went to target that day. I got it. And um, it was a really a prayerful time for me to um, ask the Lord, what's your purposes and plans for my life? Why am I on the earth in 2020? What, am, what do you have me here to accomplish? And I really kind of sat on some of these things for a few days before I, I, um, I have these little 
tic-tac pin things that, that uh, put them onto the vision board that connect them to the felt on the board. And then I, you know, when I felt like they were approved by heaven, I put them up on my vision board. And I have all kind of words and sentences and pictures and that represent my goals, but now they're on my vision board and I'm, I'm reminding my brain cells of these goals every single day. And it feels awesome. If there's a buoyancy inside of me, there's an excitement. There's a, just a lean in my heart on God that Lord, I need you to help me with these goals. It's, it's kind of like I stretched myself so far. It's like, I'm going to try my best, but I definitely need you to break in and help me on some of this and uh, help accelerate and expedite the process. And so I'm giving my best effort and praying uh, for some help from heaven as well. So anyway, friends, I'm pumped up. I got a vision for my business. I got vision for my life. And when we have something to look forward to, it just, it just creates a hope and expectancy in our heart and uh, gives us a uh, passion about what we do. It, it, I love being around people like Brian and Liz. I talk how iron sharpens iron and friends, uh, you listen to that podcast episode 200 and you know, you're inspired. I was sitting in the family room as they were sharing the story. I mean, I left there feeling like Superman. I, I actually drove from there to Ohio, um, to, to hang out Dylan Stevenson that day. And I just remember that four hour car ride. I'm just like feeling like Rocky, you know, playing eye of the tiger, like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So, um, <laughs> anyway, Thank you for listening to today's show. If you guys want to raise the prices in your lawn care business, check out my rate increase letter. We're going to put that link in today's show notes and uh, let your customers know that uh, their price is going to be raised. And uh, my accountant helped me professionally craft a letter that can uh, explain to your customer why you're raising your price and uh, get that sent out, get those prices raised so uh, you can make some more money in your business. And uh, that will be in today's show notes. We appreciate you listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Green Industry Podcast. And we'll be back with an episode tomorrow.